Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying your day, but man, what a what a action-packed last 24 hours we've had. Uh, you've got the firing of Adrian Griffin and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Joe Pronti becomes the interim, and then you find out today that uh, you've got uh, Doc Rivers is now the uh, the new head coach uh, of the Bucks, and in the meantime, uh, the Packers season comes to an end. And today, the guy that had uh, been the lightning rod for that defense for such a long time, Joe Barry, is no more. He gets let go a little bit earlier today as well. Uh, The Brewers sign a first baseman. We'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. But joining us now on the hotline, our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can get his stuff at Mark Schofield over on X. Uh, Mark, man, uh, it's been a whirlwind here in the state of Wisconsin. I don't know about how it is where you're at, but uh, the Packers, uh, any one of the things that had gone wrong had they gone right, we're still talking about the Packers maybe playing in an NFC Championship game over in Detroit. But give me your thoughts about how the season culminated for the Packers. Well, I mean, certainly it's not the way that I think Packers fans wanted to see it end. But I was thinking last night as I was looking ahead to coming on today, and I was giving, working through the idea of if you had told most Packers fans back in August that, hey, come divisional round weekend, this team's going to be playing against the San Francisco 49ers with a chance to take the lead in the closing seconds. I think many would have taken that in a heartbeat, even if they didn't know how it was going to turn out, or even if they did. And I think if we had you know, made that same offer, say, in November, when you and I were talking about that three-game stretch they had coming up into Thanksgiving, and we were working through the idea of whether Jordan Love was the answer or not, I think Packers fans would have taken that sort of deal in a heartbeat. And so it's a painful end, but I think the important thing is what it bodes for the future for this team in the sense that now they've got not just one but two playoff games under their belt. They've gone through what it means to get to the playoffs, to win a playoff game, to then take on the top seed on the road in that environment and try to find a way to win that game. And maybe they didn't do it on Saturday night, but I think it bodes well for their ability to do something like that going forward. So ultimately, I think it was a very successful year for this team because it answered some critical questions, including the quarterback question. And any time an organization has that question answered headed into the offseason, it sets them up for success in the future. So let's talk about what we do have. We've got the Detroit Lions going on the road, taking on the 49ers. And the Detroit Lions, for as long as they've been, uh, you know, in the, in the drought of playoff wins, I think they've become kind of the media darlings uh, of the postseason. Uh, give me your thoughts on the upcoming game between those two teams. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, with the underdogs aspect to it, You know, there are going to be a lot of people both in and outside of the media pulling for Detroit. I think this game is going to be sort of the ultimate test of their proof of concept. If you think back to what they did in the draft, their first four picks, a running back, linebacker, tight end, safety, they really sort of turned the clock back a little bit. Many people thought, look, those aren't the kind of picks you're making in today's NFL. But their theory seems to have been, we're going to build through the spine of the football field. We're going to build through running back, linebacker, tight end, middle of the field. And we're going to really find a way to have success in those areas on both sides of the football. And it's gotten them to an NFC championship game. Now, particularly on offense, but really on both sides of the ball, that is going to be tested by the San Francisco 49ers. Because when Detroit has the football, you've got Greenlaw and Warner, two very talented linebackers who can certainly control the middle of the field. A lot of those route concepts that they want to attack the middle of the field with, that's where they're going to be. 
a lot of run game elements. That's what those two players are going to be. So that part of it will be tested. And then that's where the 49ers want to throw the ball as well. You know, they want to hit those receivers on in-breaking routes. They want to hit Kittle on in-breaking routes and work in the middle of the field to set up some of the stuff they do on the outside and deep. And so their theory, their proof of how to win in the NFL today is going to get its biggest test this weekend. Now, I think Detroit has shown that they can win games that way, and I think they've got some answers for perhaps what San Francisco wants to do on the offensive side of the ball. And certainly the Debo question is a big one because that is a much yeah. different Niners offense when he's not on the field. But this is sort of that ultimate final examination for their idea of how to win in today's NFL. I think they could pull it off, but a lot's going to hinge on Debo and his availability. Is this kind of the, the finesse and the schemer of Shanahan versus the punch-you-in-the-mouth street fight from Dan Campbell? I think that's a great way to put it, Bill. I mean, and given what we've seen from Shanahan in the past, I mean, I can't help but be reminded of, you know, he had some clock management issues and some play calling issues in this game Saturday night, and I still go back to Super Bowl 51 when he was in Atlanta, and they had that 28-3 you know, lead and blew it, and there were a lot of people that looked at Shanahan for some of his play calling down the stretch there and thought, well, what are you doing here? You know, you're, you're dropping Matt Ryan back to pass when you need to work some clock here and you're opening yourself up to some potential turnovers. And that's exactly how that game played out. Now to see, see him, you know, across the field, another sort of punch him in the mouth guy like Dan Campbell, who let's face it, they're going to want to win this game physically. They're going to want to win it up front. You look at players like Frank Rad now and that fourth and one touchdown, you know, where he has to re-anchor against Vita Vea and he's banged up, and he's got a bruised knee, and everything hurts, and he's able to do that. And Campbell sending his praises. Like, this is going to be a physical team. This is going to be a physical game on Sunday. And that's – if it's played out like that, if it's played on sort of that battlefield in a sense, Detroit's got a very good advantage. Were you surprised – did the Packers lay the blueprint as to how to maybe beat San Francisco? Were you surprised they didn't get to Jordan Love? He, there was no sacks in that ball game between the pass rush up the gut from Armstead and company or Bosa getting to him on the outside. They pressured him a couple of times, but for the most part, that Packers offensive line kept him clean and, and, and kept him pretty, pretty confident in the pocket. Yeah, that offensive line did a very good job. And then you start thinking about Detroit versus San Francisco. Detroit's got a very good offensive line. And if you can keep Jared Goff clean, you're going to have success as an offense because when he's clean, when he's thrown from a clean pocket, you know, he can find open receivers. He's that sort of paint-by-numbers quarterback where if he can stick to the script, if he can stick to the recipe, he can find ways to carve you up. And, you know, Green Bay certainly found ways through chips, through other you know, protection calls, to keep Jordan Love clean, and you can bet that Ben Johnson's looking at that game film and taking some notes and thinking, okay, these are the ways that we're going to be able to keep, you know, we're going to be able to keep Jared Goff clean on Sunday, and then that will give us time to hit some of those in-breakers. That will give Goff time to find some of those windows. And Goff, Collinsworth pointed this out during the broadcast, they did a very good job with his eyes at moving underneath defenders, and he'll have to do that again with Warner and Greenlaw. But the blueprint perhaps is there for Ben Johnson and company to have a good game against this defense. And if they can run the ball between Gibbs and, and, you know, Montgomery, you had mentioned, I, you know, which nobody thought that Aaron Jones was going to be able to have over 100 yards against that team. And even though he had getting banged up towards the end and then obviously not getting a lot of touches down the stretch, 
uh, you know, that was somewhat surprising that he was able to gain that kind of yardage against that defensive front, and that opened up a lot of other things for the Packers offensively. So you got to figure the two-headed monster they have to run the ball, that probably bodes pretty well for uh, Detroit as well. It does bode well, and so much of what Detroit wants to do is sort of set up in that play-action realm. And, you know, we know that you don't have to have incredible success running the ball to have success on play-action, but if you can – get success running the ball. It certainly doesn't hurt your play action passing game, but with that sort of Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside combo that Detroit has, that's going to give them some opportunities to create some explosive plays on the ground, give that defense and Steve Wilkes a few more things to worry about, and then fold in some of those play action plays, those shot plays off of play action where Detroit really likes to live. Talking with Mark Schofield of SB Nation, you can get his stuff on X at Mark Schofield. Now I want to go over to the AFC side. Uh, Kansas City, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Uh, you know, again, three straight drives down the stretch, shutting down the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think they gained a total of 53 yards in those last three drives, not getting them into scoring position, missing a field goal, obviously, that would have tied the game that uh, maybe put it, puts it into overtime. But they escape, and now it's off to, to Baltimore. I, I think Baltimore by far is the class of the NFL. Uh, I just don't know how much ahead of Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, first of all, for, for the Buffalo and the Kansas City game, I mean, I know a lot of Bills fans now are wondering, are we ever going to get over this hurdle? You know, because this was for a lot of Bills fans. If they can't get it done at home now against Kansas City when they're facing so many questions, when will they? And now they have to try to figure out those answers. This Patrick Mahomes offense, though, he played almost a flawless game. And I do think part of it was Buffalo was so banged up on defense. You've got you know, right. you're down to three linebackers, and you've got Travis Kelsey working against guys like A.J. Klein who aren't noted for their coverage abilities. That certainly created some opportunities. Now Kansas City is going to get a defense in Baltimore and what Ben McDonald has done, which has found so many different ways to create problems for an offense. It's going to start with protection because they do so much in the simulated pressure realm. You have to do so much from a diagnosis standpoint to figure out where the rushers are coming from. So you've got to get those calls right. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you've got to get everybody on the same page. And I think sort of a you know, maybe an understated aspect to this game is the crowd. I mean, if you're watching that Houston game on Saturday and they had, I think, seven or eight pre-snap penalties on offense, Stroud was having trouble communicating, the linemen were having trouble hearing things, that crowd really got into it from the start. And now this is the Ravens' first ever AFC championship game at home. That crowd is going to be rolling from the start. And if they get a score early or if they get – a chance to get that defense rolling early. You get a third and long on Kansas City's first possession. That might be tough for the Chiefs offense to operate it. So, you know, they're going to have some questions to answer from this defense, from what Mike McDonald is doing. And it's going to be fascinating to see what Andy Reid and company have up their sleeves for what ben, for what Mike McDonald is dialing up. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you slow down Lamar Jackson? Because Lamar Jackson went from being this incredible athlete that could throw the ball to now being a pocket passer and actually can get rid of the ball, read the defenses, look off coverage, and oh by the way, if he gets into trouble, he can run as well. It, it's it's to me, it's almost a defensive nightmare, and and we saw that a little bit with with Houston. But I was look, Houston went toe to toe with them until they couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think what was very interesting about that game, and I wrote this for a piece on Sunday morning. 
Demeco Ryan's went against his own sort of script because he didn't blitz a lot in the regular season. Didn't blitz at all or much against Cleveland, but they blitzed Lamar on 13 of 18 dropbacks in the first half. And it was a 10-10 game at halftime. And they came out on that first drive of the second half, Baltimore did, with a lot of quick throws. Their first pass of that drive was three slant routes, topper concept to the left. They got the blitz and Lamar got it out quickly. Then they go with a go flat concept to the left. Again, you get the blitz, you got it out quickly. There was another blitz late on that drive, Petrie from the third level. Lamar saw it, and Lamar on this drive also did a very good job with his cadence, like we talked about with Jordan Love last week, to use the hard count to get the blitz signals from the defense and then make quick throws. And they went right down the field and scored. In the second half, his time to throw was a full second quicker than it was in the first half. And it goes to your point about how Lamar in years past it was, you know, he'd have a read or two, and then he's going to tuck it and go. Now he's that complete pocket passer, too which adds yet another element for Steve Spagnuolo to think about because you've got what they're going to do in the run game. You've got, you know, Mark Andrews is expected to come back. You've got what Lamar can do as an athlete. So maybe you want to spy him at times and maybe you want to play more zone coverage to keep eyes on him. And yet if you blitz him, he's going to find a way to get the ball out quickly. If you don't blitz him, he's going to create big plays downfield. It is just so much for a defense to account for. And even though Kansas City's defense has been very good this year, those are a lot of things you've got to deal with. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little coaching real quick. Uh, no Harbaugh signing yet. No Belichick signing yet. Are you surprised that Belichick has not signed with anyone as of yet? I'm very surprised that it seems like it seemed like it was leaning towards Atlanta, but now Atlanta's coming in, bringing in a lot of other people for second interviews. You had the offensive coordinator in Houston coming in for a second. Harbaugh has been linked with the second. You wonder if the hand up might be, look, you've got, McKayan is a president. You've got Terry Fontenot as a GM. Now you're going to add Belichick. What's the power shared relationship going to look like? And maybe they've just decided, look, we'll go with maybe a younger coach or Harbaugh who hasn't, you know, might not want GM duties or too much of a, you know, decision-making, you know, personnel decision-making standpoint input. So maybe that's where it's sort of fallen there. I do wonder if this sort of paves the way for Harbaugh to the Chargers hearing a lot about that in recent days but I am surprised about the Belichick that it, and maybe he's looking at it like you know what I don't need to rush into something you know maybe yeah. I'll take a year off maybe I'll go sailing for a year and play some golf and you know go around the country and see some high school and college lacrosse games because he loves lacrosse and if a job opens up for next season maybe that's where he'll end up it's so weird because you know he's he's always said you know early on in his career he never wanted to coach past 70 but we know why he's there. He's chasing that record. So success would ultimately mean for him the wins, but it would also mean wins for your franchise. So it's not a detriment to get a guy that's chasing a record. But you kind of wonder, you know, do you really want to blow out an entire staff and start over and, and give this guy the reins when he's proven he's not much of a talent evaluator down the stretch? I mean, do, and I don't know if he does the homework or not, but I, I don't know if I'd want to turn it over to him. And I, I, I get the sense that maybe the age thing has something to do with it. It might, and maybe, you know, there's also the sense that Atlanta might feel like they're pretty close. You know, they've got talent. They've got talent certainly with Robinson, with London, with Pitts on the offensive side of the ball. They need the quarterback piece, and Belichick's most recent quarterback decision was Mac Jones. And, you know, yes, you can give Bill Belichick credit. A lot of people sort of, was it Brady, was it Belichick? Well, I always say it was both because Belichick was the one that initially said, you know what, we're going to roll with him over Drew Bledsoe. Like, so I do think Belichick gets some credit for that, but that was 20 plus years ago. 
And right. if your most recent QB decision was Mac Jones, that's not the best bullet point on a resume right now. Right. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, you've got guys like Vrabel, Ron Rivera that are sitting out there. Do they end up becoming coordinators, or do you think they get head coaching gigs? I think with respect to Rivera, he's probably going the coordinator route. I've heard Philadelphia. I've heard Green Bay in the recent you know, past couple of hours now. I'm wondering if Rabel takes a year off, too, and keeps an eye on Ohio State, you know, because that's obviously where he played. Now, Ryan Day right. has done a lot of work these past couple of weeks in the transfer portal and the recruiting trail. But if things go south again, if they lose to Michigan again and he's in hot water, wouldn't surprise me to see if Vrabel wants to come back home. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that uh, as well. Uh, I would love to see Vrabel as a D.C. And then, uh, hey, if he has to go to Ohio State, he goes to Ohio State. But I, I agree with you. But uh, I would not be surprised if Ron Rivera, as a former head coach with some experience and some some latitude there, comes into a place like Green Bay. I would welcome that, absolutely. Good stuff as always, Mark. Well, I look forward to talking to you again next week as we uh, get ready for Super Bowl, man. Always enjoy it, Bill. Have a blast. Enjoy the games this weekend. All right, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D is where you can get him uh, over on X. Mark Sch- At Mark Schofield over on X. Uh, find him over there. That's great stuff. Wouldn't it be I- – I'll say this. I would give Matt LaFleur a magnanimous amount of credit if a guy like Ron Rivera was his hire, because or Vrabel for that matter, because you are then welcoming in – a former head coach who's had success and you're confident enough to say, I don't need to look over my shoulder. This guy is going to help all of us be successful. High tide raises all ships. Sometimes it's not about being the best CEO and the most knowledgeable. Sometimes it's about being the best CEO who hire great people. And if the company works as a whole, well, then you, everybody gets credit and you do as well for hiring the best people. You know, I've always said that, man. If you are a manager of people, if you are a business owner, if you are a CEO, the worst thing in the world you can do is just because of productivity is hang on to a person who is toxic or not very good at their job or working with people. They may be really smart, but if they're toxic or they don't work great with other people, they can take down your entire team, whereas you can just go ahead and get rid of them and then bring in somebody who not only is as good but also manages people and works well with people along the way because too many times you will see businesses – Hang on to the schemers and the people that are good, but the people that take down the morale, that take down people around you just to be able to get their own elevation. Whereas if you hire a lot of great people, it makes everybody look that much better. It just does. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Uh, they came on this year. Uh, Sobelman's has been a, an establishment 
in Milwaukee for forever. But did you know that they have one in Waukesha as well? So for those that are in Lake Country, those that are in Waukesha, those that are in Walworth County, those that are out in Genesee, the, you know, I can go on and on, all those surrounding areas. You don't have to go all the way downtown to go to Sobelman's for the, uh, for the Bloody Marys or the Giant Burgers. Uh, they have one in Waukesha as well. As a matter of fact, it's right across the street from La Estacion. Uh, that I have frequented many times, and I love Sobelman. So uh, if you're out and about and uh, you want to get yourself a Bloody Mary or you want to get yourself a burger and just go in for a relaxing time, that is Sobelman's in Waukesha, Sobelman's downtown, St. Paul, either way, uh, the original, which we all know is infamous. Then there's the uh, the one they have in Waukesha as well, Sobelman's Pub and Grill, and they have been established in Milwaukee for a long, long time. It's good to see that uh, we have drawn the interest of a lot of the, the, the traditional, the historic places in the state of Wisconsin that have, have decided to come on board and say, hey, we want to we wanna be a part of the program. I, I love the fact that Stenny's does it. I love the fact Sobelman's wants to be a part of it. Uh, we've got the TV show that's upcoming, and there was a couple of uh, sponsors that called because they want to be a part of the TV production. Uh, our friends at Point Brewing, they've been established for a long time, and they, they saw the opening after – you know, we uh, we uh, uh, kind of parted ways with Bud Light, and they said, hey, uh, we're on. Let's go. Let's do this. And they came on. Uh, so, so many cool ventures. Nice Ash Cigar Bar, which has been around for a long time. They came on years ago as an established kind of a, one of those famous points in the state of Wisconsin. So, a lot of good stuff happening. And thanks to Sobelman's for uh, thinking highly, uh, highly enough of us. To come on board. So Sobelman's, Dave and the gang, Pub and Grill. You want to go to Sobelman's? Of course we do. Of course we do. That's our friends at Sobelman's. Um, so we were talking about Bill Belichick. I want to get into that real quick. The um, the question is, why is Bill not signed? And Bill doesn't have to right away, right? We all know that. But I think just in what you hear and – we all know he was the gentleman. He was the end-all, be-all. Short of Robert Kraft, he was the guy, right? And I, he wants that kind of control. Well, there's two things, two things. One is he's 71 years old. Unbelievable, uh, an incredible knowledge, an incredible talent, but 71 years old, chasing a record. What is the relatability to younger players? We saw it very slowly erode over the last two, three years, Right? And once Josh McDaniel left and became the head coach in Las Vegas, Mac Jones was never the same quarterback after that. So who does Bill want to bring in? And then if you have a if you're an owner and you have a president, you have a general manager, head coach, Bill wants all those jobs. Are you starting to blow out people and the staff that goes along with it because you want to bring in Bill Belichick? I don't know that I'd want to do that. I think Bill has to come to the table relatively hat in hand and say, I just want to coach. I just want to coach. I want to have at least a little bit of a say, obviously, and work in collaboration with, but I want to coach. I don't think he can come in and say, I'm Bill Belichick, damn it, I demand everything because there, I don't think there's anybody that's going to hire you. That methodology has proven a failed venture numerous times, numerous times. So I, I don't I don't I don't think they're gonna do that. I don't think there's many teams out there that want to do that. Now, the other aspect of that is do you want 
a younger head coach who's had success at every level in Harbaugh, or do you want Belichick? And and again, I can't. I Harbaugh just rubs me the wrong way. But I'd probably take Harbaugh. And he's been able to work with quarterbacks. Where Bill is my way or the highway guy, you know, he's, we've seen it. So I, 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 uh, I I think that's part of the reason Bill Belichick has not been hired. Bill's not going to take a coordinator job. He, he just, I don't think he will. I think he'd rather sit out than do that. Um, but if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm maybe the seriousness, I would probably say, Hey, I'll, I'll hire Josh McDaniel as a part of my staff and go back to me my offensive coordinator. Cause that's when he's had a lot of the success, you know, that's when he's had a lot of the success. So, uh, but that's part of the reason I think, you know, and again, if I'm the chargers and you want to sell tickets because they've always been the bastard stepchild of the Rams, the, as much as you would hire Harbaugh, you could also hire Bill Belichick, and he would sell just Bill Belichick's name alone out there would sell tickets. He would then overshadow Sean McVay. I mean, I think Harbaugh would too, but Bill Belichick would then become the kingfish out there in L.A., and then you just have to pray for the results. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Now, Mark Schofield said he hears, hears a little scuttlebutt that Ron Rivera could possibly be the next defensive coordinator for Green Bay. Uh, I want to get your reaction to that when we come back. Uh, don't forget, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk with our buddy Chuck Freeman from Locked On Brewers Podcast. We're going to talk with him because uh, the Brewers have signed a first baseman. They have signed a first baseman with a little bit of pop, and he's legit. So we're going to get into that discussion, too, coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up, coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's not far off. I see it all over grocery stores, drugstores, all that kind of stuff. And it's all the hearts and chocolates and. You know what's around the corner. It's Valentine's Day, right? If you're thinking of a gift, and maybe you're going, wow, did that sneak up on me. Check out our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. I saw Andy put out a new uh, Buy Like a Guy podcast as well. He's got a new updated uh, um, edition. But uh, if you're looking for great jewelry and a, a terrific place to deal with, still mom and pop shop, so to speak, but uh, they are uh, more big time than you'd think, and they're based right here in Wisconsin, and that is West Bend, Wisconsin. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. But Kane and Kane Jewelers, it, it pays more to go in and see everything they have to offer, whether it's engagement rings, anniversary rings, an upgrade to a wedding ring or a wedding band, uh, pendants, earrings. I mean, they have everything right there. So for that special somebody, and stuff for guys too, by the way. Uh, so if, uh, girls, if you're out looking for the guy and you're like, uh, what do I get them? Go in and see Andy Kane. He can tell you. Buy like a guy, man. Uh, so think about it. Check out our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers. They're in West Bend, and as they say, they want to rock your world. So give them a shout. That's Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, look, uh, we got. Uh, if you want to chime in, feel free. Uh, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, let's do this. So We're, we're going to go to the phone calls in just a second, and I'm going to try to get to a lot of people's comments over on the live stream because there's been a lot. So I want to get into that as well. 
Uh, but let's go to uh, John listening to us in Madison. John, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Man, what a big day for Green Bay and Matt LaFleur. Uh, can't believe it finally happened. Joe Barry's gone. Matt had a game against Dallas, and he said, I want to be just like the Dallas Cowboys, right? I want a great regular season rush defense. I want to be top 10 all year long, and I want to get to the playoffs, and I want to put the ball in the hands of who, right? So um, right. I think I'm a Joe Barry defender for the people around the state who, who recognize my voice uh, from the Madison shows, but you know, you look at the three playoff losses before Joe Barry, what, all three of them were over 30 points. You had the 44 points given up against San Francisco. You got your teeth kicked in every time you made it to the playoffs. We mm-hmm. finally have a coordinator who steps up and game plans really well in the playoffs. And we said, you know what? We want to be good in the regular season. It sounds like Packer fans believe the NFL is a run-first league. It sounds like Packer fans believe this is a talented, a talent-rich defense, despite Bill, the one stat that I found today that I thought would be interesting and bring some insight today as we look for a new coordinator, the Packers have the fewest number of players on their defensive roster drafted in the top 100. As we approach draft season, you'll hear everybody talking about those top 100 picks. You need to nail them. The Packers mm-hmm. have a lot of late first-round picks, right? They've got those eight picks. Right. But they've got nobody drafted in the second and third. I thought that was interesting. I don't think that's a very talented defense. And as far as uh, defensive coordinator, we need to bring in some beef. I don't care who it is. Can't be a skinny guy. Give me, give me Rex Ryan. Give me one of those old dogs that got some experience. Hire Jim Leonard as an assistant under them. But uh, give me a big guy with uh, some experience, and uh, we'll run it back. Was Jim Leonard on that team that Rex Ryan coached? Do you know? He was. He was. They that's had a what great I thought. Connection. That's why. That's why I think my fantasy for going forward, right? Hire Rex Ryan. We only need him for about two years to uh, teach Jim Leonard how the NFL works because I guarantee you game planning against Iowa's offense and Brian Ferentz is not the same as game planning against Andy right. Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So that's, yep. no, I would like no, to I see agree Jim Leonard you. get a shot somewhere, but uh, yeah. yeah, excited. Okay, good. Appreciate the phone call, man. I, I, I that, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Rex Ryan is a lot. He is verbose. He there's no F's given there. Um, so when you talk about a guy like, <laughs> you know, Matt LaFleur, and you know, obviously there have been people that have been critical of his pressers and too soft spoken and too monotone and you know, not a lot of energy and this and that. And then you bring in a guy like Rex Ryan. Woo! But that's not terrible. That, now, you know, there's obviously a guy like Vrabel. There's a guy like Ron Rivera. There's other guys that are qualified. But Ryan, defensively, was always pretty good. Was always pretty good. And then he's right. If you get, if you put Leonard under him, and Leonard then comes in and has even more tutelage via NFL, and if they had – I couldn't remember if they had that great relationship or not. I, I have to admit, it, that, that kind of escapes me. But that's that's not a terrible suggestion. I kind of like it. Grant, do you kind of like that idea? You're bringing in Jim Leonard, but you're also bringing in a very verbose man's man, machismo, although it's the foot liquor, but machismo <laughs> kind of guy in, a, in Rex Ryan. Do so you, would, would that be a terrible thing? So I was, I was screening a call. We're saying that 
Jim Leonard to be the DC and Rex Ryan would no, come no. along as an assistant? No, no. Rex Ryan is the DC and as an assistant, maybe linebackers coach, you hire than Jim Leonard. Mm. No, because it would be. Why was this season? This Packers season was really successful because relative to the last few years, it wasn't noisy. Right. There was no mm-hmm. it, it was just a football team doing football things. You start bringing in TV personalities. I know the Bucks just did that, but uh, no, I, I think Rex Ryan has has passed his time as a, a, a relevant coach in the National Football League. As yeah. a defensive coordinator? Yeah, I think so. You think so? Okay. He's been on he's been how many years has he been on TV now? He's been on um, four or five three, years. Four, it's yeah. three, four, somewhere Something in there. Something like that. Uh I don't think he's forgot football. I mean, you just listen to him. I don't think he hasn't forgotten football. I just don't think he's gotten a job because he wanted a head coaching job, but would he become the D- Remember, he was pining for the D.C. job, uh, you know, with Sean Payton. When Sean Payton got hired in Denver, he wanted to be the D.C. there. I I, I, I know I wouldn't, wouldn't shy away from that. It would, be, it would be a bold, that is pushing your chips to the middle of the table move. It's either going to be, undeniably successful or it is going to be a crash and burn but if you believe you've got talent and it's just a matter of coordinating that talent and then you bring in the young guy that gets along with ryan in in jim leonard that might not be a bad way to go never thought about that never thought about that uh but then again rex ryan can wear you out that's the other thing. He can wear you out. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Sean says Zimmer would be better than Ryan. Oh, I don't think so. Zimmer Zimmer was an angry old hypocrite. Never liked the guy. And his true colors showed when he let go of, you know, practice squad players over assistant coaches for the exact same thing. I, I no. I Zimmer from what I understand, Zimmer lost a lot of respect, and that's the reason nobody talked to the guy after the fact because there was a lot of players that word got out like, no, this guy's a bad dude. The guy's kind of a jag. So, I mean, you know, again, if you can get a, guy, a younger guy like Vrabel that works really well with the head coach and such, my, my fear with a guy like Rex Ryan, though, would be if Rex has an idea in his head, he's not a guy, he, he's like a dog with a bone, man. He's not letting it go. And does that then create contentiousness among the coaching staff, you know, basically between himself and, you know, the head coach? And you don't want that either. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never been behind the walls and and seen how Rex plays with others. But, yeah, I'm not uh, – not that, that again, that's an all-or-nothing move right there. It's an all-or-nothing move. 877 877-867-1670. 1670. Uh, let's go to Kelly listening to us in Wausau. Kelly, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I like you guys' content. I always listen, man. Appreciate it. Thank that, you. That other, that other callers were on, on the track that I was going. I just, I just want somebody with an edge, okay? A little mm-hmm. bit of a, a mean streak because we've, we've been cruising along. When we were good back in 90s, we had a little bit of an edge, you know. Holmgren wasn't taking crap from anybody, and neither was uh, Shermer. And then mm-hmm. we got away from that with Ted Thompson and his sizzle, you know. And 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 I'll I'll tell you right now, I, nothing against the whole organization, but uh, Mark Murphy is as good as uh, Richie Cunningham, 
and you got Wally Cleaver as president or our GM, and you got uh, Bieber Cleaver as our coach. You know, who's really afraid of us? And, and I want somebody with a little bit of an edge coming in as D.C., and I think that's all we need. That's my take. Okay. No, I appreciate it. Um, he drops off. You get on board. I, I... I... Brian Gutekinds has done a pretty good job. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's done a pretty good job. If you look specifically at the last two years, and in the fortification of this team, I, I don't. You know, Brian Brian Gutekinds needs to, to get a lot of praise. We were questioning the level of talent at the beginning of the season and to where it ended up and how it came together and how it was coached. There was a lot of things that went really well. So, yes, I, I would I would very much say that I think Brian Gutekinds has done a good job. Um, I don't know where this was middle of the season. I don't know why it took so long to culminate. I'd love to know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. But there was something that just wasn't right about this team midseason, and then finally it all came together. And from what we understand now, you know, Matt LaFleur walked down the hall and wrapped his arms around the defense as well when things began to look as if they were starting to crack. But certainly the talent's there, right? Okay. So that being said, if the talent is there, then Gutekinds has done a good job. Now you have to fortify it with personable coaches who can get the most out of you, you know? Um, Matt LaFleur is, is milk toast, but, you know, as we talked with Dave Schrader a little bit earlier about this, he's, you've got to give him credit for kind of, things did not fall apart. When it looked like it was starting to splinter, it didn't. And you give him credit for that. I, I think, look no further than Monday. Mike Clemens sent us, minutes and minutes of, of audio of all these different players basically in tears. We played that John right. Runyon Jr. audio of, of how much this right. year meant and how much these guys loved being a Packer this year. Like that's that starts with Matt LaFleur, right? And in his right. messaging and the culture that he's creating. So that kind of as we as we reflect on this season, big picture, I, I think that's maybe the biggest testament to Matt LaFleur. His offense was great and you know, we worked with Jordan Love, but he got all these young guys to absolutely fall in love with Green Bay and fall in love with being a Packer. I think that's such right. a testament to him. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And what you did not hear was the offensive side falling apart. You saw the defense. And then that's why I said I think it was him walking down the hall and whatever was done, it became – he kind of wrapped his arms around it to, to not let it splinter apart. So I, you, you give him a lot of credit for that. Um, you just do. You have to. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. We're going to talk with Chuck Freeman after the top of the hour. Uh, about a half an hour from now, as a matter of fact, on the Lockdown Brewers podcast, Brewers bring in a first baseman. We'll get into that discussion. We haven't forgot about it. But talking a lot of Packers, a little bit of Bucks today. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Stay right there. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tonight, got something going on? Yeah, maybe not. If you want to uh, head out towards Pewaukee Lake and. Uh, <laughs> With the way the weather is, maybe you're going to watch the guys scramble to get the uh, shanties off the ice. 
But uh, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar on Grill tonight, a uh, great place to go. Really good food. And uh, you want to sit down and watch the uh, the Bucks take on the Cavaliers tonight. They're always giving away tickets and such, too. They always have uh, something going on out there. The meat raffle's coming up this weekend. So uh, check out our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill right there on Pewaukee Lake, uh, right next to Smokey's Bait Shop, which is at the end of the, the boat ramp right there. But uh, fun place. Fun place to go all the time. I love heading over there. I uh, was over there the other day and uh, got uh, the chef salad to go. That's that. That's about the sh- best chef salad there is, uh, I'm telling you right now. I mean, I know I'm not, you know, all the time talking about, you know, salads to eat, but if I'm going to get one, that's usually the one that I start drooling over. It's fantastic. That's our friends over at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877 867 1670. Let's go to uh, Chris listening to us in Muskego. Chris, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Pretty good. Pretty good, Bill. Well, we all seen it coming. Now it's just a matter of who he's going to get. You know, I would love to see Leonard come here. The, the notion that because he took a year off that he doesn't know the football anymore, I think would just be ridiculous. I mean, you look what he did in college when he was a D coordinator. He put several of those kids in the NFL, down mm-hmm. linemen, linebackers. I mean, he knows the game, and uh, I think it'd be great. you got people calling for Al Harris. I think Al Harris still needs some years of uh, seasoning, but it'd be great to get him as a defensive back coach. But if you're going to get him from Dallas, you'd have to put him as the assistant uh, defensive coordinator because it'd have to be a promotion. Otherwise, Dallas couldn't. Right. They're not going to let him go. Yep. And I, no, I, I agree with you know, that. What about Zimmer, you know? Zimmer, too, would be a good, uh, good hire, I think. I see. I don't, I'm not a fan of Zimmer. I just because I I just heard too much that came out of Minnesota that a lot of guys just didn't like him. They didn't like to work with him. He was kind of a hypocrite, uh, condescending. I just it, that that's part of the reason it didn't go real well for him down the stretch. And it's part of the reason he doesn't have a job now. But I, but everything else, I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, I think Matt's gonna get it right. I don't think he's gonna hire a buddy. Uh, I think he's going to look for the best possible. But you're going to need someone who is aggressive and, and who can uh, put some, uh, how you say, nastiness to the defense because that's one of the things the Packers have been lasting for years is a, yep. a sense of nastiness, and that's what you're going to need in a leader, in my opinion. You know, I would agree with that. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, it's interesting you bring up nastiness. So – you need that player, okay? You can't just say go be nasty uh, because your coach says to. Um, although, look what mentality the Lions have adapted. Adopted, I should say, uh, because of Dan Campbell. That hardcore punch-you-in-the-mouth, street fight, machismo head coach. Um Again, that goes back to a guy, can you walk the walk? Now, is that a stern, stoic guy like Ron Rivera? Could it be a guy like Vrabel? But, again, you go back to a guy like, say, a very verbose, punch-you-in-the-mouth, man's man, not put up with any crap, Rex Ryan. Now, do I think Rex Ryan's coming here? No, I don't. But it's an interesting avenue to, to trend down. It just is. 877-867-1670. By the way, uh, Ryan and the gang over at Curly's Waterfront, I just was talking about them. Tonight they've got ribs, fries, pizzas, and such, but they're giving away 
Uh, Bucks tickets, Admirals tickets. Uh, they've got the rib dinner coming up tonight, fish fries and uh, rib and fish combo as well. So all of that, plus uh, they've got all kinds of different uh, uh, beer specials. That's on Tuesday night. Tuesday nights out there at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. So I'm glad they got a hold of me to let me know. To kind of further the experience, so to speak. Uh, going over to the uh, live stream. Um, just spoke to a league source. This is from Peter Bukowski that says, ties the Packers who suggested the best path for the team would be to focus on a passing game defensive coordinator, somebody with a background in secondary play to maximize the talented cornerback room, then let the terrific pass rush go hunt. Okay. Who is that? Who is that? Who would that be? 877-867-1670. We're about 15 minutes away. We'll talk with our buddy Chuck Freeman from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. Hoskins is now the guy over at first base for the Brewers. Decent defense, nothing to write home about, but he's more of a prototypical first baseman. They finally found somebody with a little bit of pop, a little bit of average uh, that is not just a DH, so to speak. So we'll talk to that, talk about that. Uh, and everything else are pretty much open. We're talking about defensive coordinators, Bucks hire Doc Rivers, on and on and on. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. <laughs> 